You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Everybody, welcome to Red Wings Rant, where tirades and passion please for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Uh, today, as promised, uh, we have uh, some, well, I guess we have quite a few bonus episodes that we promised, and that's because uh, we're taking a little bit of a break, but uh, we did not want to halt the train, right? Train's got to keep rolling. So, uh, as promised, uh, for uh, for at least one of those uh, content pieces, uh, we want to take a look at uh, some of the Red Wings prospects so far. Uh, so we'll take a look at, uh, I guess, some of the guys that I hope you, you you're keeping an eye on. Um, some of the names will be super super familiar. We'll be uh, taking a look at uh, guys who are talked about all the time on the show, but uh, we'll highlight a couple of things that uh, could at least. Uh, maybe be evidence that uh, they're on their way in the next couple of years, and it uh, could be uh, could be something that uh, uh, turned to a couple little void fillers, right? Uh, as the Red Wings uh, continue to decide if they're going to be uh, dominant or struggle for most of this season, uh, it, it is apparent either way that there are quite a few holes that need to be filled. So, uh, how many of these guys uh, have the potential to fill one of the several holes. Uh, so we'll take a peek. Everybody, uh, strap in. Uh, we'll we'll try and go through this as efficiently as possible. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy. It's probably worth it to start the conversation with the Grand Rapids Griffins. I think uh, the more we look at that team, uh, the the fewer and fewer names pop out as as potential future Red Wings, especially when there's a Joe Valeno not on it. And uh, it's also worth mentioning that as a podcast, we decided that Taro Hirose who's knocking it out of the park this year with 13 points in 11 games, uh, is uh, you know is somebody that we mentioned is a career Grand Rapids Griffin or uh, for, for his career going forward will be in the AHL as long as he's in North America. So I think the least worth noting that he is doing this well so far and that there's probably some potential that uh, Hirose will get some more time in the NHL and it's not really dependent on how great he does in the AHL to say that he'll do or keep a job in the NHL. I think it's just more or less evidence that he will get another shot eventually. If you take a look at uh, Hirose's career with the AHL and uh, with the Grand Rapids Griffins, he's been sniffing that uh, point-per-game pace uh, so far since he's been playing down there. But it's uh, once he does get to the NHL, the only season that seemed to really pop for him was that first opportunity, 10 games. He had seven points, uh, one goal, and six assists. But uh, in that regard, I still think we have more important names to talk about, but it is absolutely worth noting that Hirose is going off again in the AHL, probably going to get another shot uh, before this season wraps up with the Wingdings. Well, in 2018, our big pick uh, in the NHL draft was Philip Sedina, but we may have snuck one away uh, from the rest of the NHL franchises in round two with Jonathan Berggren. Uh, he is five foot 11, 21 years old at this point. Uh, it, it is worth noting that uh, we mentioned he was stolen away from the rest of the NHL franchises because it was 45 points in 49 games in the SHL last year. And uh, th- that is something that made it a no-brainer for him to head on over to North America. Uh, but so far, where we made the argument that he needed to start in the uh, AHL, uh, 
uh, to get used to this North American game. So far, not that it's come extremely easy, but sniffing a point per game pace with eight points in 11 games is, uh, is exactly the direction you want to see his play go. So for Giannis and Bergeron, this is another conversation about will the uh, NHL time happen this year? I, I think there's a great possibility. He'll definitely be in the conversation when the time comes and guys are moved at the trade deadline or if injuries arise. Uh, if injuries start to pile up, which uh, you got to remember, the Red Wings have been relatively healthy uh, when it comes to this team from a percentage standpoint. Uh, but once I should say, if the injuries start to pile up as they do for many different franchises, Bergeron's going to be a part of that conversation. And, uh, I think at least he's played well enough to, uh, get, get a fair shot. All right. The last Griffin I want to mention is going to be Donovan Zabrango, uh, somebody that we brought up in the preseason or uh, before the season started only because everybody had been talking about Zabrango, his leadership style, his, uh, desire to get better after every game and making uh, making it a point to say that Sabrango goes to the coaches himself to figure out what he can do to improve. I, I absolutely fell in love with those sentiments. And uh, it's something where if the kid has the talent and uh, that desire to continue to improve and also, hell, he humbles himself and says, I know I'm not at my best right now. How can I be better? Uh, that's, that's the kind of attitude I think um, – you know, is, is, is going to breed success in the future. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things for Sabrango that there isn't a lot to point to right now from production, but I think from a character standpoint, uh, you just can't deny that he's going to add a lot to this franchise, whether it's just being somebody in the AHL or getting that shot in the NHL, which absolutely I think will happen. And I think that starts with uh, another conversation where Scott Wheeler has Sabrango pegged uh, for the uh, Canadian junior team. Now, Scott has him uh, down in the third pairing, but he did he did say that he wants him on this team for a little bit of added extra toughness. And he's even uh, willing to forego, you know, some of the different options that would be available to Canada. But think about the, <laughs> I mean, to actually make it onto uh, the junior team for Canada, uh, it, it has to be incredibly difficult. I mean, this is who should be the favorite in every junior tournament from the get-go. Uh, but Sabrango making this tournament uh, says a lot. And, and uh, you do see there's another face on there in Sebastian Cosa who we can get into later. But uh, for Sabrango, I think it's something where the Red Wings made him the first uh, prospect from the 2020 draft to sign an entry-level contract. And that's that's not anything to scoff at. Like, that is that is impressive. That is something where the Red Wings said uh, either – you know, A, we think you being close to us is going to help you to de uh, develop faster. Or or B, you're just standing out further. But either way, that says that there, there's a level of importance being um, shown uh, to this prospect of Donovan Sabrango based on what they've seen. And again, I think that does come back to the character of Sabrango. And I think he'll continue to get chances because of that. And uh, I think right now, the best way to sum up what he's done so far is that the Red Wings absolutely do not regret having him sign that ELC and uh, throwing that contract out there. This is something for him that uh, he's done enough so far storyline-wise and narrative-wise to impress me. Uh, so that next step for us to really dive into what can Sabrango do is uh, once we get a full season out of him, uh, to go back and, and judge uh, this defensive, tough defenseman, uh, judge on what he's been able to do and um, 
as he put it himself, he's he's a hybrid of old school hockey and and new school in regards to moving the puck and how he defends. Uh, so we'll see if that is uh, has been successful, and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to see where that goes. Last guy I want to talk about is actually playing in the ECHL right now with uh, the Toledo Walleye. But while I was bouncing around all these stats to figure out who I wanted to bring up in this conversation, I was pretty impressed with where Caden's sitting right now. And this is Caden Fulcher of uh, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, 23-year-old, six foot three goaltender. Um, I should probably throw out there too, 209 pounds on, on top of that six foot three, six foot three frame. Uh, but right now through six games, he's in the top 10 across the entire ECHL and uh, the two most uh, important statistics that they're tracking on elite prospects, uh, which would be goals against average and uh, save percentage. While I wish we had a few more advanced analytics to dissect here. Uh, you just can't ignore the fact that Caden is actually moving up in regards to all of his save percentages across uh, his his career. And this is actually the best he's performed, even when taking a look at the OHL and how he performed there. And it's good to see a guy like Caden Fulcher who couldn't couldn't stick with the Griffins and does get sent down to uh, the Toledo Walleye. But now getting that opportunity with the Walleye is really pulling off some of the best goaltending uh, he's had or, or at least uh, produced his entire career. So it's at least worth noting and obviously this could be considered some of the lowest level of competition Fulcher's faced so far. Um, but let's put it this way. Things could be worse. And one of the few things or uh, one of the staples on the show is we always like to bring up that point that if he had brought been brought down to Toledo and things had gone the other way, of course, we'd be saying about Mr. Fulcher right now, well, not looking great. But gets sent down there, turning in again some of the best stats he's turned in his entire career at any level of playing uh, as as a goaltender. So I, I give him high marks for that, and uh, I can't wait to see him again uh, playing for the Griffins to see if uh, what he's learned in Toledo will continue. Probably the best performance we've had so far for many of our goaltending prospects. Well, the competition level, again, a little bit further down uh, the scale, is our uh, 2021 first-round draft pick, Sebastian Coso, the six foot six, 209 pound goaltender who is 18 right now. And uh, as we scroll down here, playing with the Edmonton oil Kings and the WHL, of course, uh, playing as one of the best goaltenders in the WHL, turning in amazing statistics last year with a 941 save percentage of 1.57 goals against average. Uh, we know that Sebastian Costa has already been turning in player of the week nods, goaltender of the month nods in the uh, WHL for the oil Kings. And uh, so far this season, he is uh, 9-3-3 with a 9.28 save percentage and 2.10 goals against average uh, in his 15 games played so far. So this is something for Kosa is kind of a little bit different for, for Fulcher. Kosa's just been playing at this level at every uh, different league and level he's uh, he's played at through his hockey career. So for Kosa, this is all just thumbs up. This is us just going, all right. So far, we nailed it with the first round pick. Uh, I don't think in any way this uh, speeds up his his uh, journey to the NHL. I think we're probably still three to five years away. And uh, I, that's pretty normal for, for goaltending. I mean, look at uh, some of the other goaltending prospects the Red Wings have had uh, in their pool and have never seen uh, an, NA, an, an AHL game, uh, let alone an NHL game. So... It's, it's just one of those things we're, we're going to hold tight here, but this is nice to see that there was no uh, step backwards. Uh, but if anything, we're just one step 
closer to seeing him uh, probably put on a Griffin's jersey first, and then that red one with that winged wheel. So we're going to jump on over to the NCAA to talk about Robert Master Simone. Uh, this is our, he's played center and left wing, but our, our 20 year old 2019 second round draft pick, 54th overall. Uh, you can see from McKean's hockey, he's the type of player who has a nonstop motor and plays a fearless brand of hockey, something that was similar with the likes of Donovan Sabrango. Uh, he's quick and accurate release on his shot and is an expert at using toe drags to get around defenders. It's exciting to read. Uh, but so far with uh, Boston University, and this is his third year, Master Simone's, uh, with Boston University, he, he's just been increasing that point pace, uh, about uh, half a point per game in 2019-20 with 17 points in 34 games, uh, then going eight points in 15 games the next season. And so far through 12 games, five goals, five assists, that's 10 points. He's also... Uh, you know, as much as we all hate the plus minus, this is all we have to go by right now. He's also a plus three. So while he's been a negative the last couple of seasons in 1920 and 2021, uh, despite being a meager minus one, uh, he's now a plus three. So <laughs> at least uh, as the uh, the load of work for Master Simone continues to increase, so too does the production and uh, the two-way side of his game. Well, our next stop takes us over to the University of Denver, where Annie Tumisto, Shai Buyum, and Carter Mazur are making their stops right now. Uh, Mazur and Buyum, both 2021 draft picks, and Tumisto coming in at 2019. Uh, three points in nine games for Tumisto. Uh, Buyum, in his first season with the University of Denver, four points in 10 games, and Carter Mazur, seven points in 10 games. Uh, good to see that everybody's sticking in the lineup. Uh, but most importantly, I think here or probably the most impressive uh, for the University of Denver is Ben Booyam, who's been racking up the minutes as well. So uh, as you continue to find uh, maybe a new team to follow or, or you just want something to do with the NCAA, uh, the University of Denver right now is turning into uh, the Frolunda of the NCAA. Uh, so it's good to see uh, our boys who are not only the youngest ones coming in uh, in 2021, but... Um, but also our six foot five, two thousand nineteen draft pick uh, to Amisto doing pretty well too. I'd point I point out as well he's a he's a plus ten. And as I always complain here with elite prospects, there's always we're always limited with stats here. But uh, we'll play the game. This could obviously have gone the other way for Tua Misto. But clearly, he's been put in these situations uh, that uh, he, he's been ranking up minutes himself. And when he is out there, he's not hurting this team. And he's bringing more offense uh, than he is giving up, uh, despite how much uh, the statistic of plus minus is, is flawed. Uh, we'll at least applaud Tua Misto here for being at the top uh, of his own team. Now, this wouldn't be a prospect update or a trip through the NCAA if we didn't mention Red Savage, uh, Redmond Savage, uh, who is also a brand new Red Wing prospect. Uh, he was our fourth round pick, 114th overall. Uh, so far with the uh, Miami University, five points, 10 games. He is a minus three, uh, but again, we don't have too much to go on here. Uh, just remember, he's always going to be a problem for opponents on the four check. Uh, he's an absolute beast on the penalty kill. Uh, so that's that's what you want to see and unfortunately tough to track. But that's what we're going to be keeping an eye out for as he continues to progress. Uh, he has refined his offensive game, showing the ability to beat defenders with uh, some slick dangling and, and stick handling moves. And you, you got to believe that a part of that is is some of the setup that's allowed him to rack up five assists 
uh, through only 10 games so far in his first uh, go around in the NCAA. But um, I'd say so far, all, all thumbs up as you can pick through uh, all of these NCAA prospects so far for the Red Wings and, and find something to be happy about or uh, something to give a thumbs up on. And uh, I, I'd say we just got to get through the rest of the season, make sure everything's progressing at the same pace. And we'll have uh, we'll have a few more uh, NCAA guys that uh, we can throw on into uh, the AHL. Mike, can you believe it? DraftKings is recognizing our favorite sport. We do a podcast about hockey, and we are finally able to discuss the fact that they're an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Um, let's let's go, right? <laughs> That's what I'm ready to say. Matt, I've had enough talking about the other sports. Stop for a big boy sport. The <laughs> NHL. That's National Hockey League. That season is underway. DraftKings Sportsbook and unofficial. Sports betting partner of the National Hockey League has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice, nay, the greatest sport on earth. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one time clapper. Oh, gotta be a, or a slapper, maybe, or a deft uh, deflection. However, they light the lamp, you win. If sports what if sport... it's some nasty sauce? All right, go What on. if it's an empty netter? Still counts on the stat sheet, my man. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal this week one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code thpn at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl must be 21 or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER before we get into uh, our six suites, as we take our trip over to Europe, let's take a peek at Emil Vero, the uh, third round pick for the Detroit Red Wings, number 70 overall. He's 19 right now uh, from Finland. Uh, and it, it's something for me, at least, uh, he has been labeled as a defensive defenseman. But we did see some pretty slick moves uh, dating back to the World Juniors last year as uh, we saw Vero really being a, a key cog and a key piece in uh, Finland moving as far as they did. Now, so far in Liga, he's got three points in 18 games in the 2021-22 season and uh, 1.7 games, that's uh, one goal, going along with uh, his international play for Finland in the uh, U-20. So <clears throat> for for Emil Vero, this is somebody who uh, who does have some offensive skills that, again, as I just mentioned, we're showing off a little bit in uh, in the juniors, but this is somebody for uh, for Detroit that they can kind of look to is hopefully filling one of those voids on the left side of the defense eventually. I, I'm going to go ahead and guess, uh, and I don't think I'm taking too far of a leap here, that Vero is going to be following along uh, footsteps of some of the other um, recent draft picks for the Detroit Red Wings uh, and going from Europe on over to the AHL next season. Uh, of course, I'll have some decision in that. But I think it'll be good for his development to start moving now. And uh, with the Red Wings having so many voids 
uh, on the left side of the defense. And of course, with so many potential trades coming up uh, at the deadline for the left side of the defense, uh, it, it'll, it'll be something where they might be moving guys up from Grand Rapids and even that roster is going to be need to fill uh, to be filled out. So with that, Emil is not getting that only for those reasons. I think he's had a very impressive uh, stint so far uh, over in Europe. And it's just for us, I think there just happens to be the cherry on top. It's going to fill some holes for us. All right. So as we uh, hop on over to Sweden, uh, we'll start the conversation with Theodore Niederbach. Uh, Teddy, if I may, uh, he's a 19 year old center right wing, the 2020 second round pick number 51 overall, uh, from the, uh, from Frolunda. Of course, uh, we actually went back to back from Frolunda in the 2020 draft. If everybody remembers now so far, Niederbach's had a pretty crazy story. Cause when he's playing for Frolunda in the, uh, J 20, 35 points, 19 games last season. Uh, but he's moved up to the head club. And in 19 games, it is two goals and two assists. So the transition hasn't necessarily been super smooth, but it, it is something at least, you know, you can look back a season in his 20 games. Uh, he had three goals and two assists. So it, it, it at least has been consistent and he hasn't taken a drop off. And as we just mentioned, uh, a 2020 draft pick. So, of course, what does that make? That makes him 19. A lot of room for growth here for Teddy. And uh, I, I think it's just good that he's getting to play in the SHL on the head club for Frolunda. And he's getting some opportunities to play in uh, the best league in, in Sweden and probably top three league uh, for any non-North uh, American league uh, in the world. So, this is all thumbs up for Theodore Teddy, and uh, I, I think it's still something that uh, he's on. He should be on the top of your list, definitely on the top of your radar uh, for what's going on in the Red Wings prospect pool. So we continue to run down the Swedish list. Let's talk about uh, the guy that Hacken Anderson was apparently slamming his hand on the table, saying, "You better draft this guy. It's Liam Dower Nilsson. He is uh, 2021 round five uh, pick for the Red Wings. Uh, funny enough." Uh, ranked 76 on elite prospects, even though we took him in round five. 18 years old right now. The six-foot center for us, uh, left-handed shot. Uh, so far for, for Liam, it, it has been almost as impressive uh, as what Theodore Niederbach was doing uh, in the J20 for Frolunda. Uh, but so far, it's been 17 points in, in 14 games for, for Liam. And it got him that opportunity with the SHL. So far, zero points in seven games in those opportunities. But um, it, it's something for me. I mean, you're talking about an 18-year-old kid getting that shot in the men's league. And again, one of the top leagues in the world. So he's getting those opportunities because he's impressed to that length of the 17 points in 14 games to where it looks like he needs to take that step up and get a real test. And that's where you start to look at these kids and go, okay, well, there's, you know, put... <laughs> Put, put the star over his name because he's, he's making those strides that are above where the rest of his age group is. So that's where you get the thumbs up. And again, the the point total, the 17 points in 14 games so far for uh, the J20, nothing to sneeze at either, as I love to say. So, of course, it's super early. Uh, I don't even care about those zero points in seven games. What I care about is how excited Hocken Anderson was for him. And you got to believe that these scouts – are doing this all day, every day. This is what they <laughs> live and, and breathe and eat 
is just looking at NHL prospects or hockey prospects. And for somebody to be so excited as Hockin Anderson was, and of course, some of that probably has to do with the, the level uh, to which he was graded in regards to Liam Dower Nelson and being able to pick him up in the fifth round uh, is an absolute steal is where my head's at right now. So uh, again, another huge name to look out for. But when you talk about like Niederbach, Liam, I think you're looking at guys that if they're going to be making it to the NHL, I mean, even at the earliest of making it over to North America, I'm probably thinking two years down the line from now, definitely not next season. Uh, in three years, don't be shocked. Skirmit the Frog said, moving right along, Albert Johansson. Uh, he's our 2019 uh, second round pick, number 60 overall, six foot defenseman, uh, left side shot. He is 20 years old right now. And what you always hear about uh, Johansson is that he's ready. He, he's going to be ready next season is, is kind of what I've been hearing since this podcast started. And uh, while I don't, uh, I, I, I don't mention that to uh, scoff at how he's played in the SHL, uh, I just hope that we're not still saying that next season because from what I've seen is a very <laughs> well-developed so far uh, defenseman with a tremendous two-way game. I mean, if we take a look at the, the last couple of seasons, uh, a half point per game for a defenseman, uh, all thumbs up, seriously, all around, fantastic. We're not looking for the huge point totals here to only get a guy moved over. But what you're also seeing is a guy who's tops in the league uh, for expected goals and expected goals against. So this is a guy who's playing a great game, whether or not you want to look at the production or you want to look at what he's able to prevent. And... Um, it was last season. Again, I don't have these numbers in regards to the expected goals. But when we take a look at uh, what Elite Prospects has, he has a plus 15 last year. He's a minus six right now, but it's still early in the season. You're talking about the difference of about a third of the season played and 44 games played last year in the SHL. You can see that he's always been a positive player in these international tournaments. Uh, but in the, 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 the World Junior U-20s, the three points in five games is definitely something to be impressed with. And it's something along the lines, too, that he's carrying the same production uh, along with him as he moves from the own, his own league that he's playing in and moving over to the World Juniors. So if you want to consider one side uh, because it's uh, the talent level gets that kick up because you're talking about an international tournament, uh, he's still playing fantastic. And then when you talk about him playing in the SHL, the men's league, again, that production is still right there. There's a lot of room for improvement for Albert, but I think it's time that he gets that opportunity to develop in North America. All right, the next guy on the list is who I was smashing the table for is uh, William Wallander. Uh, love the name, but our 2020 second round pick, number 32 overall. He's 19 right now, six foot four. Uh, it goes along the lines of where Steve Eiserman's been picking up these guys for for height. And, uh, of course, for some uh, pretty wild skill that uh, would turn them into a, a, what's called a unicorn prospect. We'll talk about uh, last year's unicorn prospect, uh, of course, being so unique uh, and a little bit of magic thrown in there. <laughs> Wallander uh, could also uh, get that crown, as, as noted by Scott Wheeler in his article from uh, nearly a year ago. Uh, but just how many of the skills that Wallander had were set to go and some of the things that still need to be developed are some of the things that normally come equipped in a regular NHL prospect. And then they work on the things that Wallander's got good to go. So it's one of those things that's almost a reverse development, but you hope that because so many other uh, prospects uh, develop 
in the opposite direction uh, that'll actually be easier to do because it's some of the more basic things. So we talk about uh, what he's been able to do. He has been progressing as the season has moved along from a production standpoint. And he's playing in the same league that, uh, of course, our boy Moritz Sider played in, uh, or I'm sorry, the same team uh, playing in the SHL. Rogel, uh, eight points in 16 games played so far for uh, for Wallander. But when you take a look at what he's been able to do so far this season, in his first five games, Wallander only had the one assist. But you could see as he started to get more familiar, I mean, they just started rolling in. There, there's two assists, one assist, one goal in three straight games. I had another bit of a drought here, but once he got to this point of October 21st, you're talking points almost every other night. And uh, that rolled him right into the international tournament where he does at least have one goal so far. Uh, but for, for Wallander, like we mentioned, uh, probably the next important step is uh, after a year again, I think he stays in the SHL. I don't think he's coming over next year. But that next season, when they uh, the Red Wings uh, coaches and team get a chance to start developing, again, what was termed as the usual things that have already been developed in a player. If they can get a chance to get their hands on Wallander, I think they can start to take advantage of some of the more unique aspects of Wallander's game uh, that, that he already brings to the ice. Uh, he towers over the competition, standing six foot four, weighing 194 pounds, plenty of room for him to fill out that frame. He might be the most technically skilled skater among all defensemen in this draft. He's a great puck carrier, eager to lead his team up the ice and with a great deal of initiative and creative uh, creating offensive zone chances. So what you're looking at there is a guy with a lot of confidence to already be moving and creating plays. Uh, but that's where we get back into getting some of the more basic things uh, set up and solidified. So if you've already got those things good to go in regards to setting up offense, creating offense, that's a unique prospect. That's something that you can bank on. Uh, but of course, uh, the Red Wings have some, uh, a couple other prospects I think uh, we're even more excited to talk about. Now, I have kind of ranked these guys, so if you've been watching this and kind of keeping along and waiting uh, to hear your favorite name, uh, you know who number one is now. But Elmer Soderblom is number two on my list. Six foot eight, 238 pounds, Soderblom. I love watching this guy score because when you get to see all the little kids he's playing with, come up and give him a big hug. Uh, it's it's an absolute joy. Uh, but of course, I mentioned little kids, but Soderblom's having a lot of success in the SHL right now. Uh, it was something uh, you, you could see dating back to the 2000, uh, I guess you could go back to the 1819 season uh, with uh, Frolunda. I mean, 17 points in 44 games in the J20. And the next season, it's 55 points in 36 games. He's just way too big for anybody to handle. He was just dominating. Uh, but then uh, 2021, he played four games. I'm like, no, you're good. You're, you're in the SHL. But five points in 28 games in the SHL as he starts to get his feet underneath him. Uh, but so far in the 2021-22 campaign, 11 points, eight goals, and three assists in 19 games. Now, this is something, too, we just talked about um, Wallander starting to pick things up from a production standpoint. But we've already got a couple of point streaks in the mix here for uh, for Soderblom. And with his slow start as well, we just talked about 11 points. Or I'm sorry, let me get that right. 11 points in 19 games. I mean, he started the season with only one goal in his first five games. So you can take those both away and you, you cut this down to 14 
uh, games and 10 points, uh, this is looking a lot juicier. But one of the things I absolutely love about this is that he's become a guy that Fralunda has to have on the ice. And what I'm talking about, if you can see it on the screen here, is you want to bring your eyes all the way over to the right-hand side. Uh, and for anybody listening to the podcast, I do apologize, but it's his ice time. Look at these games dating back to November 9th uh, and then going uh, – and I'm sorry, I'm reading the European dates – September 11th, and then going all the way to November 6th uh, was the last uh, SHL game recorded on uh, Elite Prospects here. He went from 7 minutes and 54 seconds to now the last couple of games, 19 minutes. 19 minutes and 16 seconds, 19 minutes and 50 seconds in the last couple of games for, uh, for Lunda. This, to me, is where it's at. This is where you're seeing a guy taking step for, steps forward, where that ice that ice time is starting to increase, where it's not just something where you put him on the ice because you think he has the ability to score, but you can keep him on the ice because he's not going to hurt you defensively. Uh, now, when you go up and down this list, you can see it's kind of been plus two, minus one, plus one, minus one uh, here and there. So it, it's not anything where it's been too consistent from uh, the regard of saying he's bringing more offense to the table uh, and not giving up too much on defense. Uh, but when the coaches are increasing that ice time, you don't really need to look at that plus minus anymore. It, it's obvious that he's bringing more to the ice than he's actually taking away. So that to me is the most important thing. I think you're going to grab from this entire podcast recording, but we still have one more name to go over. And it's really just about thinking, is it, uh, is it going to be fun to watch this prospect next season? And, of course, I'm talking about Simon Edmondson. Uh, he was our first-round pick this year, number six overall, of course. Six foot five, 207 pounds. He's 18 years old. Uh, this is a cat who is your defensive defenseman, according to all of the draft rankings. But, um, you know, you, you got to watch this kid play because he's everything. He is what Scott Wheeler said was the 2021 draft unicorn prospect because he is so unique. He has that big size and he knows how to move like he's a little guy. And he's a defenseman at that. It is so incredibly unique for the Red Wings to have a prospect of this size with the ability to move like he does. He's got nine points so far in 16 games in the SHL. One goal, eight assists. Uh, and if we take a look at uh, those scoring statistics, as we've done with everybody else here, a uh, couple of points, actually. Uh, he's playing in the international tournaments. Uh, two assists so far uh, <laughs> in that tourney. But this, this is another one, though, where uh, unlike some of the other names we talked about in uh, Wallander and Soderblom, where they slowly got their scoring started, Edmondson has been going hot since game one. And uh, again, for, for the lack of um, the ability here to track these guys appropriately through uh, some expected goal statistics. We can at least say he's a plus seven so far. And uh, you can watch these numbers while they do dunk, dink and dunk between plus ones and minuses. Uh, when you're you're plus seven so far, I mean, he's finishing off the last couple of games here as a plus three uh, with uh, two assists. And this is two games before uh, he headed on over to the international tournament. But it, it, it's more or less just I'm throwing out all these numbers here. But this, this is really important for us all to kind of uh, digest how consistent Edmondson has been so far and uh, how, how impressive it really is to have a guy uh, at his age playing in a men's league uh, dominate the way he has. And I, I can actually come back here 
to uh, Scott Wheeler's picks, and this is this is more about uh, this is Scott Wheeler's picks for uh, the junior tournament. This is more about what he's seen and what he's impressed by, because you do see Niederbach uh, slotted in the two C spot for uh, Team Sweden, Dower Nilsson in the three C spot. But um, when you take a look at this defense, you've got Edmondson leading the way, Wallander on the second pairing. And it's really just turning into this game of these guys are going to be in your tournaments uh, anytime that Sweden's involved. And it's it's just because you can't keep these guys away. Uh, but what's more important, too, is as we continue to figure out what the Red Wings are and what they'll be turning into over the next few years, I think we know that we have a top-pairing right-side defenseman. But what you've got right now and what we've discussed, uh, Simon Edmondson, William Wallander, couple of left side defensemen. And then uh, the other important part here that, uh, that we've been discussing with Niederbach, Nelson and uh, Elmer Soderblom, who's not a part of that because of uh, Sage, but uh, those are all centers. Those are guys we're trying to bring over and, and fill all of these voids uh, from the center perspective, from the left side defense perspective. And it's good to see that uh, while the Red Wings have nailed it so far, with uh, who look like to be our, our two top uh, Calder candidates this year in the NHL, and Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond, uh, and, and they're bringing in these other prospects, which uh, so far so good. They they look really good, but they're also filling all of these holes that we keep discussing as future problems for the Red Wings. Sure, we can slot in Dylan Larkin as a one C. We can say he's playing so good this year. Darn it. All right. We were wrong. He is a one C we're not looking to replace him anytime soon, but then you look down the road. Is there a future two, three, and even four C it's tough to put a finger on one. Not anybody has really stood out to say they're absolutely grabbing this role for years to come. And if you think you've seen that you're nuts, but, and I'm not saying these guys are filling those voids, but we do have the options, right? You got to hope that one of these guys is a hit uh, from the center perspective. And then from the left side defense perspective, you're either looking at next season, an opportunity to see Edmondson over in North America, which I think you will, or you're seeing an opportunity to have your first line filled out with either a super dominant side of things with Moritz Sider and maybe Simon Edmondson is uh, maybe they can learn together. But what's more important is I think Edmondson looks so good and Moritz Sider looks so good. I think they do need some veteran leadership to help them learn how this game works. But you could have, finally, two defensive pairs on this team that are reliable. And uh, to think again that we've been talking about these draft picks, we've been talking about the Iser plan, and uh, you know what we, we failed, I think, to pat Iserman on the back for this whole time is that he's in the middle of all of this, filling in holes. It's something where the right prospects are being kept in and uh, the right ones are being drafted and, and groomed in the right direction too. So I think the best way to sum all this up, uh, besides talking about the guys like Edmondson, I think we'll see in North America next year, uh, like the Niederbox and the Nilsons that are probably still three years, uh, two at best, uh, down the line. And then of course the Soderblums who could probably use another year and we might see him in two years, but just sum all these conversations up and, and who's going to be here when it's just important to recognize that all of these names are doing fantastic where they are. And we're not having these conversations about hopefully they start stepping stuff up. 
guys are doing where they're supposed to, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. They're playing at the level they're supposed to be playing. And uh, again, we're, we're, we're trying to build a prospect pool that's actually filling holes that you could point to on this team right now and say, these are legitimate holes that need to be filled. So none of this stuff is necessarily breaking news, but this is, this does work as a fantastic uh, update, especially as uh, we roll into uh, December here. And uh, I hope you guys did at least uh, learn a little bit uh, about some of these prospects. And um, I hope I hope you enjoyed the conversation here. Uh, but uh, we, if you guys could subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you could do us biggest favor on Apple Podcasts, the uh, subscribe rate and review is is the absolute best thing you can do for us. Uh, and it'll get uh, it'll get us noticed uh, by other Red Wings fans, and we can start to put out more content. And uh, as I mentioned, considering this is one of our bonus episodes while we're taking a bit of a break, uh, we do look forward to seeing you guys once uh, December rolls around, and uh, we'll get back into those live episodes uh, so we can start talking Red Wings hockey again. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Have a good one.